0: Excuse my husky voice. It's, it's quite cool, really, isn't it? But not really. If it runs out, it means we just go to lunch early, so it'll be fine. Bit not waste words talking about lunch then. Um, we're, we're continuing on a, a, a series that we've just started, Pastor Desiree started it last week about confession of our mouth and, and really breaking through intimidation in different areas. And, but we're continuing on this series called Free in Deed. Free in Deed. And the, really the, the foundational scripture for it is John chapter 8, verse 36. And so if you've got your Bibles, who's got their Bible? Who's got a notepad and a Bible? Who's got a notepad, a Bible, and a pen? All right. Or you go, a Bible, a device, and a finger. All right. Or thumbs. Thumbs in these days. All right. As long as you've got something that you can read the word of God from and you've got something that you can write notes down, then I am a very happy person. But John chapter 8, verse 36, it says this Therefore, if the Son makes you free, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free. Indeed. I didn't say this in the first service, but I feel like I need to say it now. What God wants to make free this morning, you're gonna be free from it. I, uh, there's nothing like you know, when you get a wound and you're like you've you've had healing on it. Praise the Lord. God's done something in us. But for some reason we just go back and start picking at this gap. Uh, today is a day that I declare that. The stuff that God wants to do in your spirit is gonna be you're gonna be set free from it. And uh, and you know, yeah, you're gonna be able to maybe see resemblance of some stuff, but that's called a testimony. Yeah. And 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 so I'm believing that you're gonna be set free, and free indeed today. The interesting thing about this scripture is that let's read it in its context, is that Jesus was not. Talking to unbelievers, non-believers. Let's read, let's read. So a little bit of context. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. It says this, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made Free, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, here's the scripture if the son makes you free, you shall be free in deed, Free indeed. You're all here saying, Well, Pastor, I've asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'm like, Fantastic. And that's not sarcasm. I am mean, genuinely, genuinely, you know that word, excited that you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And so now God owns us. We've given our lives to Jesus. We've given ourselves over to Jesus. And it's like what the, the Jews were saying there. Well, how then, what do we need to be set free from? What do we need to? Why? Why it's all this lingo? What's it all about? And 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 it goes on. And so the series that we're talking about over the next little while is really going on a journey with God, on a walk with God, saying, you know what, God, I need to be set free from some stuff in my life. You know, I I I'm, I'm assuming that you guys are the more intelligent ones and and we're a little bit more awake now. I didn't share this in the first service, but um, because that probably who oh, I don't know, but. No, of course they weren't. <coughs> they were great, but when it comes to salvation, there's there's three um, entities, for a better word, that make up salvation. There's justification. These are all the big words I know. Okay, I'm using them all up in one go. Justification. Sanctification and glorification. So, justification is when Jesus has taken our sin. His blood paid the penalty for our sin on the cross, right? So, that's justification. So, he's done that, that that's been done, signed, sealed, delivered, cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Then we've got this thing called um, sanctification. Right, I'll come back to it, and then this is the middle stuff. This is life, and then we get glorification. When we die and we go to heaven, we're going to become glorified to be with the Lord. Praise the Lord! So, there are two things that are going to happen. Sort of, sort of, they happen pretty quickly, and then we've got this sanctification part. The sanctification part is the thing that happens over our lifetime. And so, so we're talking a bit about what's, what I got, you know, okay, if there's sanctification, what, do I, what areas that I might need to be free from? Well, here's the thing. You know, maybe you've journeyed in life and you've been a Christian for a while, but you've just prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed for a breakthrough in your heart for something, and it just hasn't come and it hasn't come. you're like, "Why?" Why am I not seeing this breakthrough in my life? You know, maybe you know you've been a Christian for a while, but you get into an argument with someone and you just fly off the handle, and you get into a rage, and you become angry or disappointed or or whatever it is. Maybe you know you you've been a Christian for a while, and then you know you're in worship and you're you're there and you're praising the Lord, and you're like, oh yeah, that's cool, oh oh, oh that. Person looks nice on stage. In the middle of worship, you're like, Why? What the heck's going on? What's wrong with me? And stuff happens, or maybe you're, you know, just driving along and a billboard comes up, and you're like, shesh. And, and, and suddenly all these thoughts start going through your head, and, and you start thinking, man, you're just a filthy person, or or whatever, and, and you're like, oh i'm not i'm not I'm not free in this God I'm a Christian I love you Jesus, Holy Spirit you're in me but why why do I act this way why do I respond this way why does this stuff come against me why and this is what we're trying to gonna well I believe we're gonna answer over this this series called free indeed and uh I believe that God's gonna minister into our hearts ah uh, you know the number one thing I just shared a little bit, just a few seconds ago. If you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, He has saved you from your sin. All right. all right. Just because you might fly off the handle, just because you might have bad thoughts, maybe you have jealousy, maybe you have all this sort of other stuff in your life and all that, and you feel like you're a terrible, terrible, terrible person. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus' blood has sanctified you from your sin. Amen. Praise the Jesus for that today. So I want to start. We're going to start by reading a, 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 a story out of the Bible. This is a real event that happened. Um, I'm reading it from the New King James Version this morning. Um, and we'll have a go at it. It's a little, yeah, we'll, we'll go. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Uh, verse 5 of Mark, chapter 5. It will come up on there if you would like to follow on. I'll get out of your way and in your way. Right? Uh, uh, it says this. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Carderians. Uh, that place. And then, uh, sorry, And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces, uh, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones." When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled and told it in the cities and in the country, and they went out to the sea to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, and he had the the legion uh, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid, and those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to be to depart from their region, and when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, "Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you." And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all the all that Jesus had done for him, and. Uh, And all marveled. So it's a story that we're going to base some stuff around this morning. But I I, I wonder, just think about this for a second. If you've got, um, say, three brothers... Three brothers, will, you know, if, we had, if I asked three brothers to come and stand up on stage, there would be some similarity. I know that we've got at least two brothers here this morning. I don't know if we've got three, but we don't need to get anyone up. But if we had three people standing up here, or even three sisters, we've got three sisters. We used to have three sisters. We don't have three sisters anymore, but that's right. What would happen is there would be some similarities, right? You would think, oh, I can see that and that, oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or you get photos and all that sort of stuff. Now, okay, for the for for this um, illustration, let's name the brothers this morning. Is that okay? Let's let's give them some names. Let's just you know, listen. Let's, let's, let's just name them. Okay. this you know, it's a big decision. I mean, have you ever had a child and come for coming up with names? We're naming them now. Okay. All right, let's name one of them Michael. Michael's a nice name. Anyone got Michael out there? Michael, there we go, we've got Michael. All right, Gabriel. Have we got a Gabriel? No Gabriels. Okay. Um, Have we got a Lucifer? (laughs) (laughs) No. Praise the Lord that there's no one, yeah. Anyway. But it's just, it's their names, right? It's their names. We've got Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. they and, and in fact, in, in Bible, they're actually angels. Before time, they're angels. And, but the problem is that Lucifer got a little bit upset with life. He wanted to be better than God. And so he got bitterness and all that sort of stuff. So God sends Lucifer and one third of all the other angels. He casts them out of heaven. And they become, and they get new names. Well, they don't get new names. They get names called the devil, Satan, and in the start of this, uh, in start of this scripture, it first described them as unclean spirits, but then described them as demons, and then it says unclean spirits again, and then it talks about how the man was demon possessed. The problem that we have, I'm going to move back to the middle now. Thank you. Right. So the problem though that we have when we start talking about demons, everyone goes, Burr. Everyone's like, oh, that's a demons. Ugh, yuck. You know, because we we think of angels. Let's just close your eyes, picture angels. White, feathered, fluffy creatures, big uh, big wings, you know, a little halo glowing, all that sort of stuff. It's beautiful and powerful and Just amazing. But then say, all right, let's go to this side. And we go, all right, now I want you to think of and picture Lucifer. Right? We don't think of this archangel that's winged and glorified. We think of this short little guy who's carrying a fork. He's got horns and he's red and he's angry all the time. He's got one of those little goatees. (laughs) Yeah. that's what we think about, right? And we have this contrasting imagery that happens in our head because we think of these amazing, beautiful angels, but then we think of this evil, nasty-looking, bad, red creature with a tail and all this sort of stuff. That's just wrong. It's just wrong. Um, I have to share that because we've got to understand that there is unclean demonic spirits. And if we're going to get to a point in our lives that we really truly live free indeed in God, we've got to understand point number one this morning is that there really is demons or unclean spirits. There really are. They are real. They are one third of the angels that were in heaven. They got cast out with Lucifer. And they have rule and reign for a short amount of time compared to eternity to come and destroy and try and terrorize the world uh, and tear people down. Uh, They they just do. But Jesus has come to give us life and life in its fullness. And that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. All right. But we've got to understand, as Christians, sometimes they're the skeptics and we're like, or. no, no, I just ate too much cheese. That's not, that's not, that's not an unclean spirit. That's not a team and I just had a cheese dream. No, no, I'm just, cheese dreams I guess are real. I don't know. But or we get to the point where we're like, oh no, you just need to harden up. You just need to deal with that lustful thought. You just need to get over yourself. You just need to work it through. Or, or we go over this side of the the the, the room because <laughs> we are over here now and and we get to the people that are like Oh that's uh, the devil's in him. The devil lives in him. I don't know if you've seen Waterboy. I love that movie Waterboy. But the mum goes, The devil's in him. It's like and, and you're like, What who would like to be told the devil lives in them? No one I'm like, calm down. But we have, we have this Christian circle where we, like, you do something wrong. you like, oh, you know, you hit your thumb with a hammer and you're like, oh, and the devil lives in him. Or, you know, or, or it's just no, 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 they just need to harden up, get over it. Well, here's the thing. There really are demons. There really are unclean spirits. In fact, the Bible says the word demon 82 times. In fact, it says it 61 times in the Gospels. And I said, demons are the names that have been given to the angels that have been cast out of heaven. So point number one, which we have to get across and we have to understand and learn, is that there really are unclean spirits. There really are demonic spirits. And they have a mission. The Bible talks about their mission. Um Even let's just read a few more scriptures to to share. Matthew chapter eight, verse sixteen, it says, "When evening had come, they brought to him uh, many who were demon-possessed, and had cast out the spirits with a word. uh, And he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick." Matthew nine, verses thirty-two, as they went out, behold, they brought to him a man mute and demon-possessed, and when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marvelled, saying, "It was never seen like this in all Israel." Matthew seventeen, eight, verse eighteen. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Matthew, Mark, ah, oh, sorry, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Mark will land on all right. Verse three, chapter three, verse fourteen. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that they might send them out to preach and to have power to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Mark chapter 6, verse 13. And they cast out many demons and they anointed with oil, and many were sick and healed them. You know, Jack Hayford says you can cast out, You sorry, you can't cast out the flesh and you can't disciple a demon it's an interesting phrase because a lot of the time, we try to disciple demons. Well, let's let's, let's just try and use a nicer word this morning: an unclean spirit. That's a little bit easier to swallow, isn't it? It's a little bit easier to handle because the word "demon" has been thrown out there by Hollywood and and all these different things, and even Christians. And you've seen, you know, weird people doing weird stuff, and yeah, hey, it's. it's Let's, let's meet in the middle somewhere. Let's meet in the middle somewhere. But you can't disciple a demon. Sometimes, it, it just, or not sometimes, every time, it needs to be confronted and dealt with. But there really are demons at this point. You know, unclean spirits, opposing forces that come against us. Number two, sweet, we're getting heaps of time this morning. Um John chapter ten Jesus says this Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So here's the thing there's another way in. So there's through the door, which is through Jesus, or they sneak up over the side, and the Bible says and describes them that they are what? A thief. And a robber, if we tra- travel down in our Bibles and get to John chapter ten verse ten, which is a scripture we use a lot in church, it says this: "The thief does not come to accept to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life, and life that you have may have it more abundantly." These are the words of Jesus, and the thief is about the devil. The great thing about it is the devil is not everywhere. He is. He is. He is not omnipresent. Right? He's not everywhere like God. It's God is everywhere. The devil is just one person. And he's got demons or unclean spirit that have right now got this, a little bit of room to move. I don't want to say the word authority. But they've got room to move to try and terrorize us and to terrorize The the mankind to hold us back from entering into everything that God has got for us. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian, I want to live a life that is free. I want to live a life that I'm not not worried about, you know, in praise. I can just jump up and down and praise God and not be insecure and feel like, oh, what that person thinks about me. Or they might just think I'm just one of those happy, clappy, dumb Christians. Yeah. Oh, I think you're a happy, clappy, awesome Christian. You know, oh, I don't want to. Oh, you know, Scrooge last year. Oh, man. Oh, oh, oh wouldn't it have been good? To, I would have loved to have auditioned for something, for, for one of those parts. has looked like so much fun. The team went well, and man, they've got moved and all that. But oh, I just, I just, just, I wasn't, i just not good enough. You're useless. You're this, you're that. I don't know about you, but don't we want to live in freedom? Don't we want to live in, man? Oh, you know, Scrooge is coming up at the end of this year. It's going to be awesome. Let's live in a space of freedom. Let's not be held back, but because the devil's job right now is to steal, kill, and destroy. Because they're angry. They got kicked out. They're not getting back in. They're so like, well, if I'm going down, I'm going to take as many people with me. That's their attitude. And that's what they're after. They're here to try and get in. The thing is, they will sneak in. They will sneak in. They'll do whatever they can to sneak in. You know, you think about King David, right? David, as a young man, fought bears, fought lions, had the courage of God in him. Oh come at you Goliath with the, the, the lord of the heaven's armies. I'll come up you. Oh I'm going to come against you and by the way, here's a stone eat this for breakfast and I'll get your sword chop your head off. I come along. Ah, it's awesome. David, man of God, full of courage, full of power, full of the holy spirit. And he was amazing king. Years later gets anointed king and becomes king of Israel and Doing out battles, this battles that, getting victories left, right, and center, and all that, and then one day he's just, oh, you know, just a little bit, a bit tired. I'm not going to go to battle. I'm just going to have a bath. Or I'm just going to just have a wander on the rooftop, and then suddenly, hello, who is that? What's her name? Oh, Bathsheba. Oh yeah. Oh, hey, go and get her. Oh hi, David. You know David King, man of God, full of courage. Oh, you're married, are you? Oh, well, we won't. Don't. We'll, I sort that out. And he has his way with her, and in fact, commits adultery, and then gets himself into a bit of trouble. He's like, oh, how do we do this? And so sends his, her husband to the front line and, and commands the, uh, the, the general to say, hey, just pull back when he gets up to the front so that he, he does get killed. So a man of God with the courage as a young man to fight, to, to, to come against Goliath, to, have, you know, to yell and run down in the valley and say, I come at you in the name of the heaven, Lord of the heavens, armies. There's courage in him, and somehow, some point, there's something gets into him that makes leads him to a place of adultery and becomes a murderer. He's full of God. How did that happen? How did that happen? The devil gets in. The devil gets in. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And my, my challenge and may, maybe a may, thought to us this morning is maybe there's unclean spirits that have snuck in. And we've never really realized it because their job is to sneak in and get you a, to a point where you do uncharacteristic responses or reactions to stuff. Why? Because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take you out. But here's the good news. Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Isn't that awesome? But it makes us think, doesn't it? It makes us think, why do I respond that way? Why do I get distracted in worship? Why do I treat my wife like this or treat my husband like this? Why do I do this? Why do I do that? Why do I have thoughts like that against that person? Why am I angry? Well, this is part of the sanctification process. You know, at home on uh was it yesterday or the day before? Day before. At home it was a little bit chilly and I thought, oh, let's light the fire. You know, a few days earlier I'd sort of heard a little bit of a I was like, oh yeah, what's that? No worries. And I was like, oh, it's cold, let's light the fire. So I get the kindling together and the tissue paper in there and I, I light it and then I hear this scratch, scratch, and like, oh sheesh. Oh well, in the name of Jesus, go to heaven. <laughs> Whatever it was. I was like thinking, worst case scenario, like a rat or something like that. But we don't have rats in McAndrew Bay. Now... Um and then, then I see this little sparrow fly into the firebox. And there's a little fire that's just been lit on one side. And the little sparrow is looking out at me through the glass. I'm like, your days are over, buddy. He's <laughs> like, I'm like, because I've, I've seen cartoons. And, you know, the, the, the bird was caught on fire and it comes out and flies across the carpet and it lights the carpet on fire and then the house is on fire. and All that. all of this was going through my head. I'm, it's amazing, isn't it? It's like whether you're going to live or die is whether you're on fire right now. In the end, I was like, okay, I saw him. Was no, he wasn't on fire. I'm assuming it's a he, but, you know, getting into mischief around the firebox or whatever. And uh, so I let open the door and poof, out he went. And then, for, for the next 20 minutes, all the windows are open in the house, the ranch slide is open, and the kids are just running around. And like, I'm like, just stand over there, don't move, don't move, don't move! And they're, they're running this way and running that way, and the bird's like, is, is, is running around the ground and hopping around because his wings are a little bit singed, he can't fly anymore. <laughs> You're like, oh, poor sparrow. And. And uh, we finally get it to the ranch slider and, and it hops out and off it goes. And so I had a look over my deck to see whether it actually flew. But it, it got out, praise the Lord. The little sparrow lives for another day. But here's the thought Did I know that, that it had gotten in there? No, I didn't. I didn't know how it got in there, but it got in there. This is the same when it comes to unclean spirits. We never know, we never know when they get in because they don't come through the front, they sneak in. But how we respond to finding them is whether we get set free or not. Now, the bird story is just a silly little story, but how I respond to that that got into my house is whether I was going to see it get set free. What, how are you going to respond when something reveals itself to you? Will you confront it and set it free or will you leave it just flapping around in your house waiting to cause damage, waiting to tear you down, waiting to hold you back? Because the ultimate mission of the devil And his demons is to steal, kill, and destroy. So, if I can get the music team to jump up, that would be great. Sometimes, you know, even in our house, we, we don't have this. Maybe we do. But we've got a drawer in our house called the what do we call it? Assorted rubbish. <laughs> the assorted rubbish drawer. Some of us might have an assorted closet or a cupboard. I'll just put it in the cupboard. We'll get to it later, you know. And then suddenly you shift and you're like, "Oh, I never knew we had this." Our Christian lives can be a bit like this. We've asked Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour. But there's this little closet or there's this little drawer. We actually call it assorted something else. But we're not going to use that word in church. It's just all the rubbish. It's all the stuff that, ah, can't be bothered with. You know you need to deal with it. You know you need to tidy it up. You know you need got to get to it. And that's what the devil loves doing. He loves to sneak in and just hide in those cupboards. He loves to hide in those areas of our life that we're choosing not to touch. We're choosing not to deal with. We're choosing like, oh, I'll be right. Now, I'm not there 100% yet. But I have watched, and I still ask the Holy Spirit every day. I've watched how He has taken I believe an unclean, angry spirit that's in my heart, that's been in my life. And I've seen Him rebuke it out of my life. I still get upset. I still get angry. But I'm a whole lot more patient now. I don't yell as much. But I recognized an unclean, angry spirit that, was, that came down through my forefathers. Now we're going to talk about that stuff another day. But I'm sharing this because I ran to Jesus with it. I'm still working on it. I don't believe I have an unclean, angry spirit in me. But I believe I did. But I ran to Jesus and I asked Him. The great thing about it is that in that scripture, oh, point number three, Jesus really does cast out demons. He really does cast out unclean spirits. We go back to that story in Mark chapter 5. A man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was out in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting themselves. Here's the thing. Here's the point. Verse 6. When he saw Jesus, from afar he ran and worshipped him. That word worship means to position or bow down in front of Jesus. It's to run to Jesus and to give him everything. It's to run to Jesus and say, you know what, Lord? I need you in this. I need you in this. I don't want to grow up and be an angry dad because that's exactly what my dad was. I'm still believing, I'm still working through it. And one day I want a testimony that my kids will have a happy dad. But I had to run to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to respond this way. I don't want to act this way. It's not of you. Your word says in Galatians chapter five that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. Not all this other stuff. Jesus, I run to you right now. I need you to take this. I rebuke it. I break it off for my life, and I can testify, I've got a whole lot better. I get frustrated. I still get upset. But I don't respond in the way that I used to respond. I used to get angry. I used to get mad. Sometimes uncontrolled. I've run to Jesus. Point three is Jesus really does cast out unclean spirits. But He can only cast out something that we acknowledge and we bring to Him. He's not going to go and look into your drawer of assorted assorted rubbish, your cupboard of chaos. He's not going to invite Himself in there. He's waiting for you to come and position yourself as you worship Him and say, Lord, I'm putting myself in this position because I really believe that You can take this out of my life. I want You in my life, Lord. And so this morning as we finish, I'm gonna read a psalm and then we're gonna worship Jesus. And I'm gonna invite you to come position yourself. Whether you want to come down the front, maybe you want to kneel where you are at your seat. Whatever you want to do to position yourself. And in that word, it's in that word of worship, it's about actively making positioning yourself, doing something that acknowledges that you're wanting to worship Jesus. The scripture that I want to read to you is this one. And it's the scripture, it's the psalm that David read, or sorry, wrote after he had stuffed up with Bathsheba. And it says this, um, verse 3 of Psalm 51. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, oh sorry, I've read it wrong, the wrong way I want to read it from this translation. All right, let's rewind. Let's go. For I recognize my rebellion, and it haunts me day and night against you. And you alone, I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom every even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean, washed me. And I will be whiter than the snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. And you have broken me now. Let, uh, broken me now. Let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sin. Remove the stain of my guilt. Verse ten says this: Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I think that's the key to why I believe. Demonic, unclean spirits got into David's life. He's right in there. Lord, renew, Lord, renew a steadfast spirit. Lord, renew, renew, and he ran to Jesus. He ran to the Lord, and he worships Him. He worships Him. He goes on and says this: Do not banish me from Your presence, and don't take Your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of Your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. This morning, we've started this series, continuing this series on, Truly Free. Now you can take this opportunity, you can take this moment. I want to say you're loved. We're for you. We're here to help encourage you, spur you on pastor you, shepherd you, disciple you. This is a safe place. We're not got our notebooks out going, okay, that person came up to the altar. Hmm, Let's have a guess of what unclean spirit's in them. Not at all. We're not judgmental. We're here because we love you and we're here because we believe that you can have life and life in its fullest. But until we choose to acknowledge some stuff that we've been praying through and praying through and praying through, you can't disciple a a demon. It just has to be broken. It has to be cast out. And that scripture of Margaret said, with one word, with one word, he cast out the demons. It's real easy to figure out that word. If it was a crossword puzzle, the clue would be the name above every other name. Five letters. Yeah. It's when we run to Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And so as we sing this song, as we worship Him, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come down the front. I'm gonna invite e-group leaders, whoever. Just please, just use your uh, wisdom. And if there's someone down the front who hasn't got some, someone praying for them, I'd ask you to come and be leaders and lead in that space. But if you know that you need to run to Jesus this morning, I want you to, when we all stand, I want you to stand up and I just want you to come down the front, run to Him this morning. Worship the.